From points across California, you're listening to the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged. This is the Diz Unplugged Disneyland edition, episode 281 for the week of April 24th, 2014. The Disney Unplugged Disneyland edition is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, helping you plan the perfect Disney vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello everyone and welcome to the show. I'm your host Tom Bell and I'm joined by our Disneyland team, Nancy Johnson, Mary Jo Malata-Willie, Michael Bowling, and Tony Spatel. In this segment, Nancy continues her in-depth look at shopping in the Disneyland Resort. And I take a day six adventure to Las Vegas on Megabus. All that plus this week's news, roundtable rapid fire, and our Diz Sports Threat of the Week on this edition of the Diz Unplugged. Hello, everyone. Hello. Hello. Hey there, hi there, ho there. How was everyone's Easter? Very nice. It was nice. Good. Good. Yes. So let's talk about a couple things in housekeeping. Uh, Podcast Cruise 5.0 is still booking. That's November 30th, 2014 on the new... Disney Mag- newly reimagined Disney Magic. Uh, quite a few of us will be there, and we hope you to see you there too. Um, can't wait to see that concert again by Jody Benson. She's one of the best. I think we should all get together and go on the Aqueduct together. Yes. Wait. No. They don't no. have an aqua. Oh no, I'm not going on that thing. Dunk. Yes, they have an aqua dunk. I- yeah, no, I'm not going on Those that are thing. Uh huh. <laughs> Uh, also, got to mention our Arizona meet has a date now and and a, and a location. We're still we're looking at October twenty fifth, two thousand fourteen in Phoenix. Uh, if I will put it, links in the show notes, but they are they are really getting going now on the planning process. So that's gonna be that's gonna be a great time raising lots of money for Give Kids the World. Yep. Speaking of raising money for Give Kids the World, we have our Coasting for Kids event coming up June eighth. All across the country at Cedar Fair Parks. We have, Mary Jo, 10 riders at Knott's Berry Farm now. Yay! 10 riders? Including, yeah. Nice. Including a couple that are flying down from Washington State to participate at Knott's Berry Farm. Yay! Wow. That's so nice. Yep. So can you, can if you, you share have, their names or not sharing names? Uh, David and his Mrs. David. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Mrs. David. Nice yes, to meet you. <laughs> So I, I'm, I'm assuming most of you have a Cedar Fair Park closer than they do. So, you know, get the out to a Cedar Fair Park, sign up, and and r- ride coasters for eight hours with your friend with your Diz friends and raise money for coasting for kids. We want to see a lot more people signing up for this event. It's it's going to be a good time. Go Diz West, beat Diz East. Yay. There you go. We've got. We, I think we have ten riders. They have nine. So. As long They're as we spread raise out money all over the place. Give kids the world. That's the most important. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Great America up north. Great mm-hmm. America up north has their information posted. Yep. So they have three roller coasters. Yes. They're doing it. Um, Gold Striker, Flight Deck, and the Demon. Ooh. Are those good ones? I don't know. If if you like roller coasters, they're good. If you there don't you like roller coasters, <laughs> they're fun to watch. <laughs> They, they're not children's coasters. No, no. Also got to mention, uh, Pete has posted a survey on the Diz. Um, it, right now it's it's linked on the on the Facebook page, on the Diz Unplugged Facebook page. Uh, I will put a link in the show notes. But 
give us you know ten minutes of your time. Tell us what you think about both the Disneyland show and the Orlando show, and it could help us you know improve things around here. So I just want to make sure we mention that. And like I said, I'll have links in the show notes for you to help us out and give us some of your information. And it, it does ask. I, I think it asks quite a few demographic type questions. Feel free to skip any of those you'd like. It won't. It won't penalize you for for skipping. Doesn't, I don't worry because the NSA is going to collect it. Anyway, yeah, yeah. So. yeah they, <laughs> we have it anyway. Uh, any other housekeeping? I have housekeeping. Michael first. Uh, any mini, mini Michael. Okay, I just wanted to talk uh, briefly about a play that Carol and I went to just a few weeks ago. It was Peter and the Starcatchers. Good it books. Is a, they are. And it, it's a Disney-based production. It's it's doing its Broadway tour around right now. This is the prequel to uh, Peter Pan. It sort of tells the story of how Peter came to be in Hook and the Lost Boys and how they arrived at Neverland. This is very different, though, from a traditional play. And I, I'll have to read the books to see how much did they draw from the original, um, you know, Ridley Pearson, Dave Barry books. Ridley Pearson is better known for those, um, oh, what are those young people? The Kingdom Keepers books. Kingdom Keepers books. And yeah. Dave Barry, of course, is a comedian. But he's a, he's a St. Louis, po- he started, got his start as a St. Louis, uh, post dispatch columnist. Thank you. And, anyway, so Peter and the Star Catchers is, uh, it's, it's presented very differently. It's more, of the British pantomime, think of at Princess Fantasy Fair, how those two shows on Beauty and the Beast and Tangled are done, where multiple, you know, people play multiple roles, men yeah. play, um, you know, women's roles, very slapsticky. Um, it is a musical, but it is a lot of fun. It wasn't quite Carol's uh, cup of tea. <laughs> she, she sort of, she equated it to more of a Monty Python-esque type of humor, which is what I enjoy. But it's it's very well done. It is amazing with a minimum amount of sets and props how they carry the show on. Uh, you know, there's only two musicians playing a vast array of instruments. Uh, this is really worth seeing, even if perhaps this type of production's out of your comfort zone. I really recommend you go because the performers are excellent. Some parts of this are really hilarious, uh, but the performers, are, just the way they pull off all these different roles, again, the way they just use minimalist type of sets, they even use humans as part of the props. Um, if, it, if it travels around to your area, I'd really see it even if you're if you're more of a person that likes south pacific and those traditional staged musicals see this one just for a change of pace plus the story is good also this is a relatively small cast so i have a feeling we're going to see in a a few years regional community theaters putting on Mm -hmm. this this play so definitely if that happens um take the opportunity to see this so that's peter and the star catchers we will have links to their official website in our show notes but worth seeing i missed it when it was here because it it opened first here um at one of our local theaters and i wanted to go see it so bad and then it just slipped away but i'm a huge fan of all the books i've read the first three of his Mm -hmm. and i think he's got five in the series now 
Yeah, and it, plus it, some extra ones, and they're fabulous. They're a little more serious, though. I have an interesting sort of expression on my face when you said it was more of a comedy. It, it is very much a comedy. Um, there is, there are serious overtones to it, especially where the boys originate from. Right, um, is is very serious themes. That's why right. perhaps very young children, I may not, they might find some of it a little disturbing. But overall, it's it's very comedic. Um, it's interesting, too, how Ridley Pearson and Dave Barry write the books, because they do them separately. Mm-hmm. And they and they each say, because I've heard them talk about this in interviews, they, they'll each decide on a segment, they'll write their character's piece, and then send it to, to the other author, who then writes his response from his characters, and they just keep sending them back and forth to each other. Hmm. Until they complete the book. Wow. Interesting. Yeah, it's a really unique collaboration. Awesome. Thank you, Michael. Mary Jo? Um, just want to let people know that this weekend there's going to be a couple of scavenger hunts going on. So if you see a bunch of crazy, crazily dressed people, um, I'll be participating as a lime green a boa diva. <laughs> <laughs> so we all have our boas, but there's other divas who'll be participating in that one. And then the podcast team tested out the city race scavenger hunt that will be this oh, Sunday at again, Cal- huh? California Adventure. So there's going to be a lot of people, if you see them in the parks, looking for things, that's exactly what's going on. And we're going to have the link to the city race in our show notes. I When I checked it, they still had some openings. And Oh, excellent. Yeah, I would re- really recommend... I think it's about $45 a person, whereas the other one that I'm in is a little bit more um, that we're in. So, so I, team, what do you say about that city race? Do it. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. I would, and, and I know we sort of had the preview version. I would love to do, I'm sure they made changes to it based on what we said. So I'd love to do it again and see what. The full and they also version have the is. Disneyland version again in May. So right, I think May 18th, that. if that's yep. if I'm correct. Oh, gosh, I'll miss it by a day. Oh. oh change, change your plans. Yeah. We'll be there on the 17th. <laughs> Till the 17th. So a couple weeks ago, Tony was talking about IHOP being open right there across from uh, 24, what was it, 24 hours you were telling in, Tony? You were excited yeah. about that. Mm-hmm. So I didn't go to IHOP, but I went to Denny's. Just because I went to Denny's. Anyway, the thing that I found interesting about Disney's Denny's there in the resort area that I was surprised about is they still have the 2468 menu that my local Denny's had. Hmm. I didn't know they had that. Yeah. So, you know, because if you go to McDonald's there in the resort area, they don't have the dollar menu or the dollar sodas or anything like that. Any, Any bargains. But the Denny's did have the you know two dollar pancake stack or four dollar all you can wow. eat pancakes or <laughs> yeah, so that's that's kind of a good option because I'm always getting the, you know the the four dollar um, is it the four dollar or six dollar uh, no it's the four dollar the uh, chicken wraps hmm. and things like that so just uh, what's the two how many pancakes are on the two dollar Pancake that's stack. two, two, a stack of two. Okay, I think. so a pancake for a dollar. Yeah. So I'm trying to think. So for the same price in the park, mm-hmm. you could get like twenty pancakes. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So another food related 
housekeeping real quick. Sad to report that they no longer serve the pork wings at Trader Sam's. Now, are, are these like weird pigs? <laughs> they're um, like are these mutant pigs? The rib, like little riblets with this tamarind barbecue sauce on them. They are awesome. They're falling off. They fall off the bone. But apparently, uh, pork prices have increased recently. All meat prices have increased. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, so they've replaced it with some kind of sausage, um, which comes from pigs. Which comes from pigs, but they they they're not as selective apparently. Um, so <laughs> parts I, you know, is I parts. Went, I went and, went and ordered my appetizer at Trader Sam's, and he sits it in front of me. I'm like, "What the hell is this? This is not my pork wings." So just be aware that the pork wings have have gone away. Yeah, and I away. talked to him about. It. He said, "You know, it was either raise the price or you know." substitute something else so it is on the menu and i just didn't pay attention because i'm so used to ordering the same thing so. hey this is this is noteworthy in disney history they didn't raise a price they i got know rid yes. of it. well no they they just <laughs> under yeah they just substituted sausage for yeah and they're probably making a lot more money on it oh <laughs> yes i'm sure they are so anyway any other housekeeping don't forget chat nights wednesday nights 9 p.m if you want Email us. You can email us at dlpodcast at www.info.com. Links to anything we talk about, links to our shows, you can find those at disunplugged.com. Anything else? Oh, review us on iTunes. Review us on iTunes. There you go. Um, If nothing else, let's head over to Tony with the news. A mother from San Diego has said her family's trip to Disneyland, California was ruined oh, when a park employee <laughs> told her she was revealing too much cleavage. I'm shaking my head right now. Is her name Jessica Rabbit? <laughs> this was our first family vacation, and for me, it was ruined. Melissa Bankin ruined. said, This gentleman out of nowhere comes up to me and just says, You need to pull your top up. Adding, I was looking at him like, excuse me, are you serious? She says he added, this is a family park. You are showing too much. (laughs) Melissa said, I guess women with large chests are expected to wear turtlenecks their whole lives. The trip was planned to coincide with her husband returning from deployment as a U.S. Marine, an occasion which the family have been looking forward to for a long time, she said. The couple's nine-year-old daughter, Haley, claims she also heard the park attendant make the comment. I heard him say to put on a sweater or to pull her shirt up, Haley said. She has since filed a report with guest relations at the park. Maybe they need to do more exclusive training on what is okay to say to people that come there. Originally, Disneyland had no comment, but after media was made aware of the situation, a park spokesperson Spokesperson, hard word for me to say. A park spokesperson had called to apologize for the attendant's behavior. According to Disneyland's website, the rules that visitors must adhere to include not impersonating Disney characters. There's a Jessica Rabbit reference. Not wearing clothing with objectionable, objectionable language or graphics. And not wearing clothing that, in quotes, exposes excessive portions of the skin that may be viewed as inappropriate in a family environment. I'm going to make no comments. I'm going to let you guys make them all. I think she lost all credibility when she said it ruined her vacation. Yes. Yeah. Totally overreacted. 
And, you know, I've seen some folks in fairly skimpy things at the park. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, so either what was she wearing, dear Lord, or uh, or this is a bit exaggerated. Well, if she was wearing what or was she in the picture on a bad day or got you know, the wrong cast member, but isolated incident, really. I just can't see it from what she was wearing, because if she was wearing the outfit in the pictures, it wasn't very much. It wasn't very much? No, I mean, it wasn't that exposed. I've worn deeper cleavage than that to the parks. Yes, you have. And we've been talking to employees for years to get you to stop, and they still won't. But here, first day, boom, she's gone. I'm just kidding. When they look as good at this, no one complaints. (laughs) <laughs> when you've got them, flaunt them. That's, that's right. <laughs> well, that's like when I wear the chap, the, uh, the I'll, I'll keep the explicit tag away, the buttless chaps. Because no <laughs> I can pull it off. With your but it'll heels, be perfect right, when we go into the Big Thunder Ranch barbecue area. It'll be great. I mean, everybody's going to want to eat next to me when I'm wearing that. <laughs> Don't sit on a metal bench. <laughs> Uh, okay, are we so, done with that? So story? I don't think anybody, any no? of us feel sorry for this lady. I don't. Do you think it really went down that way, or I, 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 I have no reason not to believe her, but her reaction to it and is—I mean, she's she, not asking for anything. Yeah, I'm just. No, she's getting she getting her face all over media. Yeah, because I got media reports from this is was with, that I was when I was doing research. Um, England. So yeah. this was all over. Yeah. Okay. Sigh. In higher class news, uh, Disneyland restaurants <laughs> that, huh? have, Please, yes. yeah, have we received. Can segue out of that, Tony. Have re- yeah, in classier news, Disneyland restaurants have received twelve Southern California Restaurant Writers Awards. Man, everything's alliteration. I'm having trouble with the P's, the B's, and now it's the R's and the W's. That woman had problems with the B's, yeah. <laughs> I thought it was There's the birds. There's segue. <laughs> yeah, the D's. <laughs> Recently, the Disney has announced that the Disneyland Resort has received a dozen awards from the Southern California Restaurant Writers for 2013-2014. The eight Disney restaurants are located across the Anaheim, California theme park resort, including two at Disneyland Park, two at Disney California Adventure Park, and four at the Disneyland Resort Hotels. This year, the Southern California Restaurant Writers gave a Five Stars Award and the Golden Bacchus Wine Award, the highest in both categories, to three Disneyland Resort restaurants known for their upscale dining experiences. Carthay Circle Restaurant and Lounge in Disney California Adventure Park, Napa Rose in Disney's Grand Californian Hotel and Spa, and Steakhouse 55 in the Disneyland Hotel all received these top honors. The 2013-2014 Southern California Restaurant Writers Annual Awards Banquet was held at the Astor Classic Event Center in Anaheim. Southern California Restaurant Writers, established in 1975, covers the regional restaurant scene from Santa Barbara to the Mexican border. Its annual award ceremony recognizes restaurants' performances in several areas, food, beverages, service, and atmosphere, as well as the accomplishments of individuals working within the restaurant industry. Jose Barragon, a 17-year veteran of Walt Disney World Parks and Resorts, also earned a special honor at the award ceremony. Barragon was recognized with Manager of the Year for his work at Carthay Circle Restaurant and Lounge. Nice. 
In a press statement, the general manager of food and beverage at Disney California Adventure Park said about Berrigan, Jose's years of managing fine dining, as well as his passion and expertise for creating amazing dining experiences, have enabled us to create a signature restaurant that no one would expect to find inside a theme park. The Southern California Restaurant Writers bestowed five other awards to the Disneyland Resort. Receiving the organization's four stars award were <clears throat> Blue Bayou Restaurant. <laughs> oh, my. Okay. Now I'm now I, I they've lost all credibility. Question their credibility. Um, and Cafe Orleans. But both located at Disneyland Park. Ariel's Grotto at Disney California Adventure Park. And Storytellers Cafe at Disney's Grand California Hotel and Spa. A three stars award was given to Goofy's Kitchen located at the Disneyland Hotel. For its awards, the Southern California restaurant writers use a 100-point scale and a membership voting system to determine which restaurants receive its awards. The five-star award, its highest honor, is given to restaurants that receive 95 or more points and is determined by special vote of the organization's members. Members also vote on individual awards, such as the one Barragon received and other special categories. Okay, I'm going to breathe for a second before I now question the awards <laughs> and the legitimacy of them. Because I have no problem with the five stars. But then, and as much as I love Cafe Orleans, there's only one star difference between those two restaurants and the, and the five stars. And there's, if, and if they're five, Storytellers Cafe, I'm not saying I don't like any of these restaurants, but if these are the greatest award, the, you know, the restaurant Oscars, how does Ariel's Grotto and Storytellers Cafe only a couple of levels away from or Goofy's Kitchen. How does Goofy's Kitchen get three when um, Carthay Circle gets five? I think the difference in scale there is huge. Anyone? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I'm talking about a buffet and then Carthay Circle. What's interesting is-, is that it says members also vote. Like there's this, and the fact it was held in Anaheim. I think we need to do some investigative reporting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're gonna need to go. At first, cover. I was like, great. Now I'm wondering. It seemed to be a Disney-focused awards. (laughs) Like, there's no other restaurant mentioned at all that's not in Disney. Wow. No, but, I mean, of course... It doesn't mention Roscoe's or anything? No, and just so you know, the the research... Like, research, I like it. Like, like I've got the glasses up my nose, and I've got all these books open. This was from... This was not from... I'm not... I didn't get this article from the Disney site itself. This is from... Because a, they did um, post it. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. This one is actually from, like, a local paper. The so the fact that it's... <laughs> yeah. So, so the, the, oh, yeah, maybe they just did. But I just find it interesting that it's all... Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to find out all the other winners, and I'm going to get back okay, to you. Okay, cool. Having housekeeping someday. Yes. I'm not saying that the other two don't deserve it, but doesn't that seem questionable that... Mm-hmm. Like, basically, any, any Disney restaurant got something? How many, how many stars did Tomorrowland Terrace get? Well, okay, so if it says 95 points on the 100-point scale to get the uh, five-star award, so what are we going to... You know what? I'm going to find out. Because what I'm thinking, like 90 to get the four-star? 85? What kind of... I'm thinking of the... the That's a B. Okay, I want to let... Okay, now this we're getting some we're getting somewhere with this. Just so you know, the Southern California writer, Restaurant Writers, I clicked on there website which was looks like i made it Does back it in 1991 go um, southern california writers 
Uh, P.O. Box 17114, Anaheim Hills, California. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. They have scholarships. <laughs> wow. Um, members. Okay. Hmm. Oh, this is great. I feel like John Stossel opening a, <laughs> a, a, opening a Al Capone's tomb. I think that was okay, Geraldo look- Rivera. Oh, Geraldo. Oh, I got them confused because of the. I got them confused because the mustache. Dang, it would have been funnier if I was correct. Okay, <laughs> I'm looking at all the members. Okay, Anaheim Hills, Anaheim Hills, Tony Anaheim Baxter, Anaheim Hills, Anaheim Hills. Yeah, no, Anaheim <laughs> Hills. Oh, wait, Palm Desert. The main members, oh, life members, are in Anaheim Hills. Officers are in Anaheim Hills. Um, Palm Desert, Anaheim Hills, Anaheim Hills, Anaheim Hills, Anaheim Hills, Anaheim Hills. So you think Wait, these people look, actually went to the restaurants, or are they just voting out a reputation? I, well, I'm also wondering if this is kind of a... I didn't expect this to turn into this investigative piece, but um, <laughs> I just... Oh, wait, no, Nancy Luna from the OC Register. Um, Somebody from La Jolla, California, Anaheim Hills, Newport Beach, Anaheim... The majority of everybody's from Anaheim Hills. So it makes me wonder if this is just... Like, if we put together an organization... Let's do that. We can okay. call it the Diz Unplugged. <laughs> okay, now wait. <laughs> Last year, I'm looking at who won. They need to update the site. 2012, the restaurateur of the year was The Ranch. I don't, Andrew Edwards from The Ranch. A humanitarian from restaurants that aren't Disney located. Low, uh, maitre d' of the year, manager of the year. I don't recognize any of these okay. Disney things. I just find it interesting. I want to... Wait, Evaluations. Okay, here we go. Here's the scoring. This is exciting. Okay, um, five stars must have received an accumulative total of 95 points or above. Four stars, 90 points or more. So the difference between Blue Bayou and do you guys think it's a five-point difference on no. that scale? No. Three stars. Okay. So now Goofy's Kitchen. We're talking about Goofy's. The difference between Goofy's Kitchen and how many more points they needed to get um, to get to the five-star Carthay Circle Theater. Remember, Goofy's Kitchen. Okay, here's the question, class. How many points does it take to get from Goofy's Kitchen <laughs> to... Ten points? Okay, yeah. Three stars are awarded to those restaurants scoring between 85 and 89. So, the difference between Goofy's Kitchen and um, uh, Carthay Circle could theoretically be six points. <laughs> I have a hard time with their scale. Michael is a teacher. Do you have a problem with their scale? Seem to be grading on a curve. <laughs> it's a bit narrow. Yeah, interesting. Now wait, this is what I'm um let's see, restaurants with limited hours or other unique features may be recognized with a special value or before five certificates. Special recognition is given for outstanding Sunday brunch. Corporate-owned restaurants called multiple locations are also listed. Restaurants that are located in the northern part of California, I don't think they're going past getting into San Bernardino County or out of L.A. County when they all live in Anaheim Hills, are listed as recommended without any star awards. So I was correct. Hey, you might be a good restaurant, but we're not leaving our 10-mile radius. We're staying. Okay. Sorry this took longer, but I I question their... Mm-hmm. They could use an improvement of their website. It looks very pamphlet-y. Was Earl's Sandwich on there? 
I don't know. Maybe they're two stars, 84 <laughs> points. I don't know. All right. Okay. Oh, that's the news. Thank you, Tony. Time for rapid fire. Michael? Okay. Well, I was going through my stack of reading material as I'm boning up on all my different segments, and I came across my uh, March issue of Vanity Fair. It's the 20th <laughs> annual... Yes, I know. I'm a little behind. It's the 20th annual Hollywood issue. So, uh, Mary Jo, I will bet there's an article in here on your next-door neighbor, Quentin Tarantino. Oh. But the... Yeah, yes, but the, you can get him to autograph it for you next time he borrows a cup of sugar. Um, but the article that caught my eye... And probably why I have this magazine is that it's called The Class That Roared. And it is about the um, CalArts class that included Tim Burton, Brad Bird, uh, 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 John Musker. These are all names that should be familiar to a lot of us. Brenda Chapman, Glenn Keane, uh, uh, Pete Doctor, John Lasseter, and more. So this wow. is this is how... These folks that in the 1970s were all in the same class at Cal Arts that are really responsible for um, sort of the Disney um, and Pixar Renaissance. So this is a great article. It really begins with it begins with the death of Walt Disney in 1966, literally with his last breath. And then it goes on to um, you know it, it discusses the reason why Walt Disney started Cal Arts. It talks about some of the different people that I, I mentioned in the article and what, and just the creativity and the atmosphere of Cal Arts in the seventies. It talks about their epic Halloween parties, which apparently were clothing optional from what I can gather. Oh here. my God. Well, we are talking <laughs> the sixties. It was an art school. Right? <laughs> yeah, the seventies. Um, it discusses some of the teachers. Um, that were from the studio, including the nine old men. It, 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 what was really interesting also is they get into how uh, how they prepared for Disney Day, when Disney would come, look at their student films, and then determine who they would hire to work at the studio. And even though they were excited what a difficult transition it was for them to go from this creative atmosphere at CalArts to the Disney studio where they found the atmosphere more restrictive and they were working on the Fox and the Hound and the Black Cauldron at the time. And so it's interesting to see how difficult the adjustment was for some of them. They talked about how Tim Burton, who just found drawing the cute little foxes for Fox and the Hound excruciating so that he would end up sitting in a closet all day. And Glenn oh, Keane wow. would just come to work, <laughs> open, the so open the closet, just hang his coat on Tim Burton's head. <laughs> and then at the end of the day, open the closet, take his jacket off of Tim Burton's head and go home. So, and, um, that says so anyway, much about Tim Burton. I know. The, anyway, the article is really fascinating. And so I really recommend it for anybody that's interested in animation, Disney history, just want to hear some great, hilarious stories. Now you're thinking, yeah, well, thanks, Michael. Where were you two months ago when <laughs> this, uh, this came out? Well, I've got you covered because. In our show notes, we're going to have a link to the article with all the photos. Um, so go ahead and check out our show notes to read a great article on Disney and CalArts. Thank you, Michael. Mary Jo? 
Well, Disney's coming out with a new film called Million Dollar Arm. And to promote the film, they're having a Million Dollar Arm pitching contest. They're offering nine people the opportunity to go to the world premiere of Disney's new movie, and where they'll each have three chances to make one 100 mile per hour or faster strike for a million dollar prize. So this weekend, on April 25th and 26th, from 7 a.m. to 6 p.m., anyone who is a legal resident of the United States and 18 years of age and older, and who has not played in the minor or major league baseball leagues, which is like all of us, or any professional, <laughs> other professional baseball league, can participate in the qualifying round competition at Downtown Disney in Anaheim, California. And the three contestants who throw the fastest pitch will qualify for the final competition against the other six people um, at the world premiere of Disney's Million Dollar Arm in Hollywood, California on May 6th. The contest is also being held at Walt Disney World in Orlando and at the Tribeca Family Festival in New York City. And, and our, we'll have a link in our show notes for more details about the contest. And also, um, the new Disney movie that already came out, Bears, has another sweepstake. Um, and, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Can I win a bear? <laughs> um, the Million Dollar Arm, for those who don't know what it's about, it's a base, it's inspired by a true story about two young men in India, Rinku Singh and Dinesh Patel who now play for the Pittsburgh Pirates, and it tells their story. So that, I love those kind of movies. And the new movie Bears, Sky takes her two cubs, Scout and Amber, on an incredible journey through one of the planet's greatest wildernesses. It's one of Disney's um, beautifully done nature stories. And to celebrate the release of the film, you can't get a bear, but... Um, Adventures by Disney is giving us the chance to take our own incredible journey through Wyoming's great wide open, including Yellowstone National Park. And you can discover more about the seven day sick night vacation and enter a chance, um, enter for a chance to win by clicking on the link to the sweepstakes, which will also be included in our show notes. Excellent. So some cool things. Cool. Thank you, Mary Jo. I will go next. Uh, Walt Disney's Carolwood Barn is kind of straying a little bit from their typical kind of celebrities that they have doing appearances there. And on May 18th, they will have a couple of autograph sessions featuring stars from the Disney Channel. Hmm. And, what stars? And I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, let, let me put my air quotes up. Let's stars, see if it's anybody we've heard of. Stars from the Disney Channel. <laughs> Said exactly. anyone over 16? I, 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 I showed the list to my son. He's like, okay. Uh, so from and these are a couple new shows, so that's probably why we don't recognize any of the of the stars. From eleven a.m. to one p.m., you'll be able to meet cast members from I Didn't Do It, and the oh my gosh, yeah, oh my gosh, oh, um, Austin that Andrew's Sarah, favorite shows? Sarah Gilman, Piper Curta, and Peyton Clark. And then from one p.m. to three p.m., you'll be able to meet a couple people from the show Liv and Maddie, but neither Liv nor Maddie. Um, it is Tenzing, <laughs> Norgay, Trainer, and Benjamin King. So these are lots of lots of no name, even off for the Disney Channel. But if if your kids know them, they will be at the at Walt's Barn on May eighteenth, signing autographs and taking pictures. So well, this is a great way to introduce children to you know yeah. Walt Disney yep. and his um, interest in railroading and take a ride on the little steam trains. There you go. 
Yeah. Awesome. Um, Nancy. Okay. Since uh, Mary Jo was talking about Million Dollar Arm, I'm going to talk about Maleficent. Oh. Because. Because she played baseball. Mm hmm. <laughs> now, as you know, um, Disney's Calvin. Yeah, I can't even say California Adventure today. Um, Disney's California Adventure is hosting a special sneak preview behind the scenes, um, showing at one of the sound stages in Hollywoodland. Well, Disney's no, El Capitan. It's at, it's, at the Bugs, it's at the Bugs Line Theater. Oh, it's yes. at Bugs Line Theater? Oh, blah, 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 blah. blah. Okay. This is like when you went hunting for Easter eggs at Epcot a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so, okay, so they're showing it. Anyway, they're Bugsland. they're showing it at whatever they're showing it in California Adventure. And now the El Cap, of course, is going to be premiering it on May 30th and it's going to run at Disney's El Capitan Theater in Hollywood through July 17th. Well, one of the big specialty, you know how occasionally they do such wonderful things as stage shows, and then once a bl- once in a blue moon they actually do something cool. Well, they're going to have costumes and props for Maleficent. Nice. Um, oh, on cool. display with the movie. So that's all included in your price of uh, admission at the El Cap. And then supposedly they've got some magician opening for it. <laughs> through At least through the May showings. Do they have balloon animals, too? Uh, and, and a scary clown? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You know, I have no clue. I've I've never been impressed with their pre-movie stage shows. <laughs> but they're so cute. I hear that they're, um, they've got a... They're going to be showing it in 3D. That's what I understand. Yeah. So that's yeah. Cool. So that's always fun. I mean, you pay extra to go to the El Cap just because it's going to the El Cap. But, you know, this is worth it. I mean, we've seen some great, great prop and costume displays at previous movies. And Lord only knows they threw big parties for the car stuff. Well, costumes and props from Maleficent, from everything we've seen about this movie, they just look fabulous. So, I can't wait. Awesome. Thank you, Nancy. Tony? Okay. A unique roller coaster is heading to an amusement park in Anaheim. <laughs> a unique roller coaster is heading to an amu- Anaheim. Mm-mm. To Anaheim? Mm-hmm. Yes. Do tell. I had to look at this twice. Ed- well, I know because it's near work. Adventure City. Come on, Nancy. That one off the 91 Ad- freeway? No, Adventure City is down Beach Boulevard further to the um i've never heard of adventure south. city <laughs> Me really yeah. well i didn't grow up here gone. now somebody needs to do a day six a day six <laughs> well it would have to be nancy and her little kids because i it's it's adventure city is a small amusement park in the shadows of disneyland and Osprey farm and it's going to introduce a first of its kind ride that has caught the attention of roller coaster enthusiasts it's a two million dollar rewind racers and it's going to be in Anaheim's Adventure City. It's on the border of Anaheim and Stanton. And it's the first family shuttle coaster built in North America by Germany-based Gerstlauer Amusement Rides. And actually, coaster enthusiasts are going to go on their West Coast tour and stop by Adventure City to see it. I hope they're not looking for anything else there. But um, 
the uh, the, the um, theme park review group say um, that this ride will be a draw for them to make a return to the park. And there's a forward and backward section, which adds an element of thrill to a family-friendly coaster. Um, it's going to thir- go 30 miles an hour, which is for a little family yeah, that's pretty fast. amusement park. That's pretty good. Um, after climbing an adjacent lift hill to the pit stop garage for another show element, Rewind Racers retraces the 600-foot-long course backwards before coasting into the station. Vertical construction. Okay, this tells you the quality or the vertical construction. <laughs> vertical construction on the 40-foot-tall Rewind Racers is expected to begin in May with a grand opening in the summer. So obviously, <laughs> it doesn't take that long. Um, it's only and up just for the, so, it's only up for the weekend, and then yeah, and just so you know, because now we've never talked about Adventure City right. before. Like I hear it because I I've driven by it enough, and it's just like right down the street. Um, it opened in 1994. It's five miles away from Disneyland, two miles away from Knotts. It's two acres, features 11 rides, including a carousel, kitty drop tower, spinning flat rides, and the freeway coaster. Another rare Ian F. Miller coaster found at only. Two other small parks in New York and New Jersey. And then to give you some more information on Adventure City, it's the little, they call it the little theme park that's big on family fun. It's uh, $14.95 for children and for, and $14.95 for adults. So it's really, really cheap. Um, and they have, I looked at their rides. They do birthday parties. Yes, they do. <laughs> and they're right. I mean, it's very small and cute. And they have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, nine, what, ten rides, a petting farm, rock climbing, children's theater, arcade. Um, I know that like it's it's for um, I'm thinking like five, six, mm-hmm. five to eight year olds, or maybe three to eight year olds. They do have a Thomas the Tank Engine. So I've never been. I've driven by it, and then L.A. Times. Maybe they're like the Southern California Restaurant Association and they have some kind of deal with Adventure City, but theme park enthusiasts are going to go see this thrilling, family-friendly ride. But um, Very cool. It's there a little you tiny go, place. Adventure City, Where down the street on Beach it? Boulevard. I'm looking at the interactive map right now. It's Where replacing something else. It's replacing something else. Oh. Remember, it's starting in May and going to be ready during summer, so I think they'll, they have a they'll get it done. Thank you, Tony. That will do it for Rapid Fire. Before we move on to Thread of the Week, let us have our results for Final Four on our March Madness, April Madness, May Madness. Okay, to go to the championship, which now, you know, there's big talk out in the Disneyland sports world that the season is going on too long. <laughs> and it's just, you know, we they, they need to contract a little bit and have some, some less... But you know, with big TV, big podcast ratings, so we're gonna like make this last as long as possible. So we had Cafe Orleans versus Trader Sam's, and the winner is who do you think? Trader Sam's. Trader Sam's. Trader Sam's seventy percent to thirty percent. Wow! Wow! So they, I think they're gonna win the whole thing, mm-hmm. and very, very close. Carthay Circle versus Earl of Sandwich. And if you notice a little bit of smile in my step, oh, it has to not... be Carthay Circle. Yes, thank you. Carthay Circle has won, but fifty-six to forty-four percent. Wow. wow, that was. I'm oh, surprised geez. it was. Well, 
No, you well, guys said your it vote close, counts, right? and maybe people didn't get around to voting. Those early sandwich people, you know what? They were cocky. They're like, we got this, <laughs> whatever. And no, they didn't. So now we have, I. This is going to be good. Trader Sam's versus Carthay Circle. Fine dining versus wow. Lushes. All right. Versus Lushes. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> well, Carthay Circle is a five star, ninety five point plus winner. Yes, thank you. Of the Anaheim Hills Restaurant Association. <laughs> All right. So. Cool. Get out there, vote early, vote often. Well, don't vote often. That would be cheating. Don't but vote, vote early for the finals. Uh, because Circle so versus Trader Sam's. The winner gets the Phantasmic Memorial. Mm-hmm. You, you said it March, was Memorial. Disunplugged March Madness Trophy. Now, can we vote so, too, or is this all yeah. basically the fans? I've been voting. Okay. It's only one. What's we're only five votes. Okay. But then again, if only 10 people vote, that's 50%. So. Every vote counts. Every vote counts. Yes. Okay, Divas, uh, you know your job. Got to go. vote. Let's, let's put this at tinyurl.com slash diz2014finals. So take a look there, and we'll have links, of course, in our show notes for that. All right, heading over to Mary Jo now for our thread of the week. Mary Jo? Okay, when we go to Disneyland, we always plan on having a good time, but sometimes things do happen. I don't. I you don't? Well, yeah, no. Of course not. We do call you Eeyore, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, so, Love Going to Disney um, has, she, excuse me, she's been on the Diz since April of 2007, and she wrote a thread called Dock in a Box Close to Disneyland Resort. And she put, We arrived Monday, and I may be coming down with a sinus infection. We will be staying at the Howard Johnson with no car. Is there one in the area that is within walking distance if we needed one? And at first I thought, dock in a box. And I was like, what the yeah, heck is that? That's a walk-in clinic. That's what she was talking about. And I wanted to bring up this thread because I know that Michael had the, an incident. Can I mention that? Yeah, sure. Okay. I know that Michael had an incident. And he has some experience, I believe, with um, having a, a medical emergency where they had to go to... Um, Disney had to respond, I think, and help them get to some medical care. So, Michael, what was your experience? Well, with us, what happened was that Carol needed some... uh, We needed to get her to the emergency room. And I was in the park. Actually, I was with some of you guys. (laughs) And I was heading... I was actually on my way back to the hotel. We were in the Disneyland Hotel. And what was nice is, is that... It happened that they were bringing something to Carol's room at about the time she needed assistance. And so Disney was great. They stayed with her and they um, told us where the nearest hospital was, where Kaiser members. And um, had so I had the instructions ready by the time I got there. I was there in just a few minutes. And, you know, we we had driven down, so we had a car. So we're, we were in a different situation. And so, you know, I was... We were in Kaiser in just a few minutes, but um, the Disneyland Hotel folks were terrific. They followed up the next day to make sure everything was all right because Carol required some surgery, and um, they were really, really great. So that's good to know that they had such good response, and like you said, they stayed with Carol. Um, right, they, right they until would I not could be get her there. Alone. So I, I mm-hmm. thought that was um, very good. There's um. CM Wade 77 also had some advice on the thread. 
where you're saying that, you know, they do have a first aid at Disneyland. They also have one at California Adventure. So if you're at a park and you have an emergency, the first aid will arrange for transportation to a clinic. And like Michael has uh, insurance with Kaiser, they were able to get him to Kaiser. So Disney does have fast response. Mm-hmm. Um, and so any cast member would be able to help or the hotels. And there's a, a couple of other recommendations on the thread. But if you have any of you have any experience, please weigh in on the thread and let us know um, how your emergencies may have been handled or if you saw an emergency and how they handled it. But I think this Nancy, is really Nancy, important. I think like a couple of years ago, didn't you do a segment about? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I'll see if I can find a link to that, and we'll, we'll throw that in the show notes as well. Oh, that yep. would be really good. I, I truly love everyone at first aid. I mean, when Lily was a baby, her stroller went down a couple steps, and she landed. Mm-hmm. The whole stroller tipped forward, and she landed face down, and she bit through her lip and everything, and they were tremendous to me. Uh, and they wanted to get me, you know, they wanted to get me over to Chalk Children's Hospital, Orange County, who Disney is a big supporter of. But we just went back up. We just got it all stopped bleeding and we went back home and went to the hospital there. But yeah, they offered to do everything for us. See, that's wonderful. So I'm glad that you're going to include that in the show notes. And thank you, Michael, for sharing your experience. I just want people to kind of plan ahead for the unexpected and know that you can go to to any cast member, but especially to first aid or to the hotel register. And don't just sit wondering how you're going to ha- handle any kind of emergency because they're there to help. Awesome. Thank you, Mary Jo. Thank you, team. That is going to do it for this segment of the Diz Unplugged. Be sure to catch all of our other Disneyland shows this week. And of course, we'll be back again with you next week. Until then, remember, Disneyland is always more magical when it's shared. Thanks for listening.